tell me about Cam Whitmore because that's the other guy you yeah, got ahead of Miller. Love Whitmore. I, I don't. I don't know much about him at all. He's so. sick, dude. So like, he committed to Nova, and then Jay Wright retired. So he thought he was going to be like the next Jay Wright NBA guy. Instead, he got like a coach who's like my age, Kyle Neptune. He's like you know in his <laughs> mid thirties, and they didn't make the tournament. They had a bad year. His best teammate Justin Moore was out for most of the year, but Whitmore is he's really talented. I think that he's someone who gives you a ton of rim pressure and some three point shooting. So I think his potential as a scorer is through the roof because those are the two zones where efficient offense is created at the rim and three point shooting. Uh, so just like a picture of him, he's like six, seven, very strong build, like 225, 230 pounds. And he's a, another mega athlete. Like this draft has some, really impressive athletes with the men Thompson, Cam Whitmore, and then Scoot Henderson. Uh, and Whitmore is at his best is like a big wing, getting to the basket, finishing at the basket, explosive two footed leaper, but can also get up really quick off one to score in the paint again in tight spaces. Uh, his handle in his play, like his handle is not super developed, but it's, at, I think it's really good for a six, seven guy who's that young. Like, He'll have some moments of the handle where he like really cooks a guy and then he loses the ball. But like, he's so close to like, like his handles are ready to me much better than Jalen Brown's. And I know everyone's poking fun at Jalen Brown's handle. Right. But uh, like, he's, he's a pretty advanced ball handling prospect for a six, seven guy who's an elite athlete and who's really strong. His frame is so big and tough that he's going to be able to play through contact in the NBA. I think he's also very good as a cutter. Like, he does not. He probably is not going to be a primary creator in the NBA. He'll probably be an off-ball guy, uh, because the weakness in his skill set, I would say, is his passing. He just doesn't really seem to see the floor very well as a passer, and that's kind of like where he's going to have to grow. But when he gets to the paint and puts his head down, and you know, is when he's just in "I'm going to score this time" mode, he can score because he can just body guys at the rim. He's a super leaper. I think he's got pretty good touch as a finisher and then he can hit threes. Like I, he's not as good of a three point shooter as Miller, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if he puts up better three point shooting numbers than Miller, you know, next year, I wouldn't be shocked because he's pretty confident with like the footwork of getting threes off. He's a good spot up shooter, but he can move a little bit too and still hit some threes. So yeah, I like him for his rim pressure his super big, strong, explosive frame, his athleticism, and the fact that he can hit threes. Like, to me, that seems like a damn good player. I think he can be a monster scorer in the NBA. And defensively, you know, it's sort of like, what position is he going to defend? But he's like a he's a combo forward. You know, he's, he's, I was shocked he measured at 6'7". To me, he looked like he was 6'5", watching TV. But I don't know... Hi, can I know you're not watching any Big East games, but like the camera angles. That's why I brought you on, brother. <laughs> Maybe you just can't tell how tall these guys are. Uh, I used to say say the same thing about Benedict Matherin when he was at Arizona. I'm like, there's no way this guy's six six or six seven anymore. I love. I'm all about a hype controversy. Uh, Nasir Little, like this was like a running joke with some of us in the media, like throughout the whole year is you know N- Nasir would like go, like calling us over, whether it be at practice or like in the locker room, like. Like hey, like like there's no way I'm six. Like I'm listed at six four. There's no way I'm six. Like like he he got very like animated. In fact, I think there's a tweet about out there from him about uh, 
you know, having us, having me and, like, Casey Holdall and a couple of the other beat writers, like, conduct an investigation into how tall he is. And at one point, like, because I think, I think because this is, like, how much, you know, how inexperienced Shaden Sharp is at all aspects of being an NBA player, or how it was at that point, because this was, like, early in the season. Uh, he doesn't know that you're supposed to lie about your height when you're an NBA player. And so Nas was, like, talking to us about this after an immediate session. He yells out, hey, Shay, how tall are you? And Shaden immediately like, six, four and a half. Like, he doesn't know that you're supposed to give yourself the extra inch. For- well, you know, maybe that's a barefoot <laughs> measurement. I think. Right. Yeah, like, I, I, the barefoot measurement is just weird. Okay. I think. Yeah. Like, well, because you play in shoes. I mean, that, that was the famous Jameer Nelson quote. It's like, you're, you know, you're, you're, he, you're, he's six foot in shoes, but you play in shoes. So, you know, effectively, that's what you are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like Donovan Mitchell just magically became six foot like one year, right? Like, wasn't he like six right. three before and then he just became Something. six foot? Well, it's like the reverse of like Kevin Durant never yeah. wants to be listed at seven feet or like Kevin Garnett for his entire career wouldn't let them list him as uh, seven feet because he didn't want to play center. Um, before we, uh, you know, b- before we go, so a couple a couple quick things. Which of the guys who are like projected to go in the top, let's say seven or eight, are you the lowest on? Like who who is the most, I don't want to say like, oh, you think this guy is going to be a bust because I, you know, everything is situational and you can't predict how these kids are going to go. But who would be the one that you would be most likely to say, you know, avoid this? Well, I'm lower on Miller, but I still think Miller is going to be a good player. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think I'm lower on Jairus Walker because I'm not sure if he's fast enough. Like, I don't yeah, know. I think like, right a now. lot of my draft evaluations were formed talking with the big homie Jonathan Charks over the years. And Charks had just such a simple way of viewing the game where he was just like, yeah, he's slow. <laughs> oh he's not big enough you know that's what i love about john he just he just like cuts through all the you know yeah jargon and and he just will will explain something so simply and it's just like yeah that's so accurate yeah and i just think watching jairus walker like he's kind of slow and i just don't know like if he's gonna be able to guard fours or if he's big enough to play the five i don't think he is so maybe him but like i also wouldn't be surprised if he's pretty good because he just plays super hard and he's like 6'8", 240 with a 7'1 wingspan, so he's like big enough. And really, like, his shooting will be a swing skill. But So that would be someone who I'm like a little lower on. Um, Let's see. I mean, I'm not a huge Jordan Hawkins guy because Hawkins, to me, is sort of a one-trick pony, which is shooting and you need shooting. But I don't really know if he has enough outs to be a super impactful player. Uh, if his shooting even drops off a little bit in the NBA. Keontae George is a guy who I think like was a consensus top 10 pick, and now maybe people are a little lower on him, but uh, he's just not a very good athlete. Like He doesn't get anything easy. And when I look at guards, I always want to see, like, okay, what can you get that's really easy? Like, tough shot making will make for a good viral clip, but like if you're playing against college players and you're supposed to be an NBA stud, like let me just see you smoke these guys, like, Get easy buckets. I don't need to see you hitting like a fadeaway over from mid range over two guys, like because that's just like not really an efficient look or the type of look you should be taking in the NBA. So that's kind of a Keontae George specialty. I would say I'm probably a tad lower on him too. And the last thing I'll say here is Anthony Black. 
Saw him up close uh, at the NCAA tournament. Had a front row seat in Des Moines, Iowa to watch Arkansas in their first two games. I'm living in Des Moines right now, by the way, so it was just down the street. Uh, Had a front row seat to watch the first two games for Arkansas. They beat Kansas, who was the number one seed. They beat Illinois in the first round. Anthony Black's legs are like damn tree trunks. He's like a (laughs) 6'7 point guard who will get probably some Josh Giddy comparisons. It's just like a big guard who's like not a great shooter. But my thing with Anthony Black is like, how much does he really pressure the rim or like pressure the opposing defense? Uh, Arkansas had horrible spacing though. So that might be the reason why. Like, I don't really think he was put in a position to really succeed there, but I'm like, you know, does he have any juice off the dribble to threaten the rim, uh, to draw fouls? So yeah, I didn't really give you a good answer. I guess I like everyone too much, but... Maybe I mean this is a, this has been supposed to be a good class so yeah and I guess I mean they, they, these these other guys like outside of like Miller and the Twins and like maybe Whitmore like most of these guys are I would be shocked if they were in play for Portland at three but like I don't know who knows maybe they trade back and use that to, I I don't know I don't think anything is completely off the table real quick before I let you go give me a few guys you like that could be in range at twenty three because that's a little bit more wide open yeah um I like Chris Murray. He would be the most boring pick possible. He's the twin brother Keegan's of brother, Keegan right? Murray. And he basically had the exact same rise that Keegan did one year later after Keegan became a top five pick to go to the Kings. And just a big forward with some shooting ability, enough athleticism to uh, rebound, to defend a little bit. So I think he would be like a safe, boring, unexciting pick. But like, I don't know. You always need wings who can shoot a little bit with size. And especially if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to keep Dame, you want guys that you can plug and play and will be able to contribute. Like, you know, I think, I mean, Jabari Walker was in and out of the rotation last year, but that's a guy that you put him on the floor and he's going to find ways to be productive. So you need those types of guys, even if it's not like the crazy upside. Yeah. I like Jabari Walker. I think he can be pretty good. Uh, Derek Lively, maybe on Duke center. Like I've been saying, I think the Blazers need a center. I don't think Nurk is good enough to be the big man on a good I don't think they I think they know that I think I think every I think everyone kind of knows yeah they need a center I mean they they tried like hell to move him at the deadline I don't know if they're going to be able to this summer but that's I think I I don't think they view him as like we can't draft a center because we have Nurkic like there have been some good centers drafted around 23 like off the top of my head like Mitchell Robinson I believe he was a second round pick, right? He was a second round pick. Okay. I thought he was late first. Jared, I'm pretty sure he was a second rounder. Jared Allen was drafted at like around 23. Yeah. You didn't get a good, like five-star recruit, big man, uh, center, you know, at that point in the draft. And that's what Derek Lively is. Like he was considered perhaps the number one recruit in the country. When he went to Duke, he didn't score at all. And he didn't measure at the combine which is interesting because Derek Lively's wingspan has been one of the most debated things amongst draft necks uh, is reported to be seven, seven and no one f- believes it. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> not to swear. Uh, no one believes it. And they didn't measure at the combat, but he's really long. He's rangy. I'd like to see exactly how big he is. You know, that stuff matters, but uh, he can be a good drop big man who can like dunk and might have a little bit of, untapped shooting potential that he showed in high school and didn't really show in college. So I think lively could be good for them. Uh, I really like Kobe Bufkin, who's kind of like a six, four combo guard who can score off the dribble and space the floor competes defensively. Not sure if he's a great fit next to Dame, uh, but he could be interesting. Um, I'll also name jet Howard, the son of Juwan Howard. Okay. Really good shooter. Six, eight big, uh, not a good athlete. 
and it seems like there's bad intel on him. Some people like hate Jed Howard. I watch Jed Howard and I'm like, this guy kind of rocks. Like he's big. He can cook a little bit off the dribble and he's an awesome shooter, uh, but he's not a good athlete. So I think that that might be the knock on him. Def- defensive questions for sure. Those are a few guys at 23 I think would be good. What do you think of Andre Jackson from UConn? Yeah, Andre Jackson's awesome. Uh, I know. You he, think he could be a? Is he? Is that a little high for him to go, or do you think he could be? You know, because like, they they brought him they brought him in for a workout a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I just from talking to him, I was really impressed with him. And he, you know, from the few scouting reports of his that I read, he seemed like he would check some boxes of like somebody that this this front office might like. Is that somebody you think could be a fit? Yeah, I guess like twenty three would seem like a touch high. But at that point, it's like, what's the difference between 23 and 29? Like, just take him if you like him. And yeah, like, there's a lot to like about him. Obviously, he was sort of the glue guy on the national champion UConn team that was just crushing everyone in the NCAA tournament. They were winning every game by 30 points. Uh, Again, another guy with really defined strengths and weaknesses. I think I told you this in a text tag him, but he reminds me of Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons was pretty good. But he's smaller. Uh, so he's an awesome athlete. I don't, I don't know his size. I'm going to guess off the top of my head. He's like six, six, two fifteen. Uh, so he's not like, you know, Simmons was what, like six, six, you know, yeah. he's not like quite as big, but he's a sick athlete. He can really make plays in transition defensively. He's awesome and really versatile. Uh, he's just sort of a Swiss army knife kind of skill set. Can't shoot at all. Him and Amen Thompson are like the two worst shooters. So, uh, but he checks a lot of other boxes. I mean, he's a, phenomenal athlete his his highlight package is so fun to watch because he can jump out of the gym i think he's got a really high feel for the game and he's just the type of player who like sort of makes winning plays and then yukon i saw yukon play creighton i drove to omaha to watch yukon at creighton had no idea i was watching the future national champion yukon during the time and creighton i think made the elite eight so like both of those teams ended up being real good in the big east but uh, Creighton won that game because they did not defend Andre Jackson at all. They had Andre Jackson's man in the paint and Jackson like missed a couple threes early in that game. And UConn didn't really figure out how to like get him to use the space in front of him as a positive. They were just sort of using him as a floor spacer. UConn and coach Dan Hurley eventually kind of figured out like other ways to get him involved. That wasn't just him like standing at the three point line to miss a shot. And then he just became awesome. So, uh, yeah, Andre Jackson's, he's cool. I mean, watches YouTube videos and like they won the national championship with him being a huge piece. So I like him at 23. I think he'd be a good pick. There's a few more guys they brought in today. They had, they, they had another work yesterday was the twins. That was, those are the only lottery guys they brought in uh, today. They had a few more kind of projected late first round, uh, guys. One of them was Kobe Brown from Missouri. One of them was Jalen Wilson from Kansas. And then one of them was, City, I, uh, I think you pronounce it Cisco. Yeah, he was he played with Scoot actually on yeah. the Ignited. Do you have? We got to talk to all three of them. They, you know, they seem like you know nice kids. That you can only judge so much from those you know post workout interviews. But do you have thoughts on any of them, or are any of those particularly stand out to you as maybe could be a good fit? I talked to City Cisco. He's really funny. He, he was like he was like messing with Brooke, uh, the Blazer sideline reporter, like trying to you know take the camera from her and take the microphone like he was he seems like a fun dude yeah so like i just like went up to the table and asked him a question and he looks at me and he's like first of all how are you 
And I'm like, hey, like why didn't I ask you that? Like, how you doing, dude? What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, he seemed like he had a great attitude. He's fun to watch play. You know, the Ignite always have a lot of good prospects. He was a top prospect for them, French kid uh, who came over. Like, he grew up playing with Wembenyama. He told me he met Wembenyama when he was 10 years old or 9 years oh, wow. old and always knew that he was going to be, you know, a great prospect. Uh, City Cisco, strong chest. He's built. You can't really drive through him. So he just looks okay. like a wing defender. To me, comparison for him, you know, I don't know if he'll be quite this good, but maybe Tabo Cephalosha is a guy who was just like long defense, couldn't do a ton on offense. City Cisco can pass a little bit, though. He's like a live dribble guy, but it's like, you know, I'd, I'll take that skill in a really good wing defender sure, and just yeah. move the ball on offense. And if you could put it on the deck. So, yeah, I like City Cisco. Kobe Brown is just a massive human being. He's yeah. 250 pounds. How many non-centers in the NBA are 250 pounds? I mean, you got to be a massive guy. And he was someone who, for his first three years at Mizzou, he just wasn't a good shooter, but he was a good scorer. But then this year, he became a really good shooter. And it's like, okay, if you're 6'8", 250, and now you can shoot, maybe we could do something with that. So he's like a four-year guy, but... I, I like him. We, we asked him today uh, who, which players he kind of models his, his his game after. And he said that, like, when he was younger, he was a little bit delusional and he tried to be like Kobe. And then uh, now he considers himself more like Draymond or Jokic, which I just... I love it. I know that's, like, obviously, like, like a crazy comparison, but I, I love it when, like, when, like, prospects consider those are as like guys they want to emulate to me that says like hey this guy like understands like making smart basketball plays and isn't just like looking to score yeah um he's yeah i like kobe brown he'd be a good second round pick maybe at 23 23 would seem early for him 43 is there is the 43. one i'd take kobe brown at 43 he's huge you think he goes higher did, than that did you when you saw him were you like this guy is gigantic because that's what yeah yes yes yeah, he's got, like, outlier size for a four. Okay. Um, and then who's the other guy you said? Jalen Wilson? I'm not as yeah. high on Jalen Wilson. Uh, I just, like, you know, he was good as the number one option of an awesome college team at Kansas. He was he was awesome. Uh, but, like, his role is going to look so different in the NBA. Like, oh, Monty Williams to Detroit. Detroit just hired Monty Williams. On a $72 million deal. Wow. Okay. There Look at this live reaction on the podcast. I love it when that happens. I mean, million. I was, I mean, good for Monty getting the bag. I was a little, you know, skeptical that he would want to take another rebuilding job after he just got fired from Phoenix after they were kind of a joke when they hired him. But, uh, and then he built it up into what they have built it into. But I mean, hey, good for him getting the money. Yeah. And where do they pick? They got five. They had the worst record in the NBA, and they moved down four spots in the lottery. That is absolutely brutal. Yeah, but, you know, there's five good prospects, so they're going to get someone good. And then I'd put Taylor Hendricks six in this class. Okay. He's, you know, they could take him. He's He'd be real solid, I think. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I like, I think City Cisco, Kobe Brown, Andre Jackson. Yeah, I'm into all those guys. And uh, guess what? Whatever I think, Mike Schmitz is smarter than me. So... <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think on that note, uh, Ricky, I'm gonna let you go. But uh, 
tell tell people where they can get all your stuff sb nation cash considerations for the bulls podcast which i was on recently with you and jason but like just tell people what kind of you got going on yeah you can find all my work at sbnation.com i'm uh running our coverage managing a team of writers writing stuff myself gonna be doing more draft coverage i'm sure i'll be doing some finals coverage as well um so you can find all my work at espionation.com and then my bulls podcast is cash considerations you can find that wherever you get podcasts and yeah just thanks for having me on i'm excited to get into more draft coverage and i'll have more mock drafts at sp nation uh now that the calendar's turning into june so excited to get fully into it cool talk to you soon man